Excuse me. 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 Hello, everybody, and welcome to Morgadorks. This is a bi-weekly Daria podcast where we take an in-depth look at our favorite animated teenage misanthrope episode by episode. I'm Rob Press. And I'm Nissa Lee. And today we are looking at Season 5, Episode 6, Lucky Strike, in which the teachers of Lawndale High go on strike. With all of our favorite educators now setting up a picket line, Ms. Lee brings in a number of interesting replacements including one Daria Morgendorfer. The episode aired on March 26, 2001, and was written by Peter Elwell. He last gave us Legends of the Mall, an odd duck of an episode that still found its way to a number 18 on our list uh, by virtue of the fact that we just love urban legends. Yeah, no shame there. No, no shame <laughs> I, at I don't, all. I don't feel bad about that whatsoever. That was a good ranking. <laughs> Well deserved. Uh, yeah, totally. Um, just to get it right off the top, I believe Lucky Strike is a brand of that's a brand of cigarettes, brand cigarettes. of matches. Yeah, okay. I don't think it goes any deeper than that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's I, also uh, it's also the name of like five hundred bowling alleys around the country, probably. Yeah, I, I'm so pleased that <laughs> we're addressing the titles now. Yeah. <laughs> We learned our lesson. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but of course, none of them have been anywhere near as consequential <laughs> since yes. that one. Well, uh, you know the 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 day that we forget. <laughs> of course, absolutely. The moment you're off your game, that's when mm-hmm. they get you. Yep. And by they, I mean the Daria writers twenty years ago. Yep. That's that's when they get you. Uh, all right. Should we get into our beat by beat? Absolutely. Okay. So the episode opens in Ms. Lee's office, where the teachers have gathered to demand the raises they've been due for quite a while. Ms. Lee counters with a coffee maker. Things are deteriorating. Uh, In the hallway, Upchuck is watching the proceedings through the door's keyhole, which I guarantee is something he's done before. He anticipates (laughs) the teachers will go on strike and tells Daria and Jane as much as they walk by. Inside the office, Mr. DiMartino and Ms. Lee trade barbs before he decides enough is enough, and just like that, the teachers of Lawndale High are on strike. The students rejoice right up until Ms. Lee notes that school will continue, just, you know, without teachers, whatever that means. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, It's pretty well established that the teachers of Lawndale High receive criminally low pay, uh, which, of course, mirrors the real world. Um, Teacher strikes are a very real thing in the United States, with the most recent high-profile example being in 2018 and 2019, when roughly 100,000 educators across seven states walked out in protest. Uh, Many of these were relatively successful, too, resulting in pay raises, reduction in student-teacher ratios, increased support staff. Uh, That said, they're still not fairly compensated. Yes. At like all levels. Yeah. It's brutal. Even just childcare. <laughs> not fairly compensated. Um, I know that most high school teachers lounges have coffee makers, <laughs> <laughs> but in the colleges where I adjunct, um, where I did adjunct teaching, we were expected to either buy from the campus or bring our own. <laughs> oh, boy. I know. It was so sad. At one point, one college's English department decided to get a little coffee maker, like a tiny little coffee maker, and have people pitch a, in, in, just pitch in a quarter here and there that was like a little Dixie cup <laughs> next oh my to God. the coffee maker. It was... Very sweet, but very sad. Oh, Christ. (laughs) I was picturing you all huddled around it for warmth. I think that, like, people kind of avoided the coffee maker. (laughs) They, they, like, they're like, well, if it, because, because, like, the administrator, the administrative assistant would not make the coffee. Like, if you wanted the coffee, you had to make it yourself. Oh, boy. (laughs) Wow. So, like, no one really made it. 
I guess good on that administrative assistant for yeah. tra- drawing the line in the sand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Uh, uh, just real quick, another burnout girl sighting. He's uh, standing right behind Daria, right outside Ms. Lee's office. Yeah, I saw yeah. her. Hi, Ms. Disher. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Ms. Lee in this scene. Oh, yeah. Whew, she has some spark. Hey, lucky strike, spark. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. <laughs> her, her rib about Mr. DiMartino hemming his own pants and then saying, oh, over the intercom, that in an unprecedented show of spine, I mean spite, <laughs> oh, yeah. the teachers have decided to strike. Oh, burn, Ms. Lee. Burn. She's so vicious. Like, yeah, she is. She's just such a mean-spirited shithead. I love it. I mean, she, it's like Sandy and then Misley. Those are like your two main heels of the. <laughs> to go back to the professional yes. wrestling talk we were just having. But I feel like, at least with Sandy, there maybe is a sliver of hope. <laughs> yeah, but Misley is just Misley. Like, no, she's gone. She's there's there's no changing her. Right. Right. Misley is what Sandy turns into if nobody gets to Sandy. Yes. <laughs> and, and shakes her and says, no, come on. You're better than this. So the first of the replacement teachers we meet is Mrs. Stoller, who is uniquely situated to sub for Mr. DiMartino because she has witnessed most of history firsthand. Uh, she starts by trying to get to know everybody's name, which results in Kevin just being called QB and Daria being called Darlene. Outside the school entrance, the teachers are having trouble figuring out a proper protest song. Back inside the school, Mr. O'Neill has been replaced with Ken Edwards, a sexual predator. Mr. Edwards seems to be working on his own versions of Lolito, one written and one real, and has his sights set on an oblivious Tiffany. We mercifully cut to the Morgendorfer dining room table where Quinn's telling Helen all about how weird Mr. Edwards is. Apparently at one point he started stroking Tiffany's hair. Uh, Daria is already up and grabbing the phone before a panicked Helen has the chance to ask for it. And just like that, Mr. Edwards is out of a job. So we'll get to Mr. Edwards in in just a second. Uh, I will say I appreciate Ms. Stoller thinking Daria sounds like a hippie name, but having no trouble at all referring to Kevin as QB. Yeah, she she doesn't question the boys, apparently. Um, <laughs> I love Daria's line about Kevin. Um, she says, we think he's doing pretty well, considering he missed out on evolution. <laughs> That's a really good line. Yeah, it's very good. Um, so far, I'm really enjoying Mr. DiMartino in this episode. <laughs> Ms. Lee is riling him up and his heart like his whole heart is into this strike thing. But then he his sign reads, we'll work for food. Yeah. Maybe he's repurposing the sign. I, I don't know. I, I <laughs> feel like that's almost implied, right? And that's yeah. horrifying. Um, well, none of the signs are very effective. <laughs> no, no. These, these folks really aren't that great at, at protesting. I think one of them said this is a strike or we're on strike or something like that. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, it's direct. Again. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Let's talk about Ken Edwards. Um, yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. This is another one of those things I'm not sure finds its way into the show. If it were being written and produced today. Um, if it does, I don't think it's presented like this. Uh, this sort of, of, grooming and predation is taken much more seriously now. And and if this did find its way into a modern version of the show, I think it would likely be more of a focus and not just like a quick joke or a stepping stone for the plot. Um, uh, yeah. I yeah. don't know. I mean, maybe. <laughs> it's tough but, to say. It's, yeah. It's, it, I think that it is still a fairly common thing and- and to to the point where it is still a trope, um, mm-hmm. so I don't know. <laughs> well, so it, it, all right. So Mr. Edwards' whole thing is, of course, a reference to Lolita, the Vladimir Nabokov uh, novel about a middle aged literature professor who becomes sexually involved with a twelve year old girl after becoming her stepfather. 
if that sounds super controversial to you, you're not wrong. Uh, but it's also a literary classic, uh, regularly listed among the 100 best novels ever written, widely considered one of the best written works of the 20th century. Mm-hmm. It is beautifully written. It's hard to it, argue with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the Russians do language well. <laughs> <laughs> they do language well. Yes, they yes. do language good. They make, <laughs> they make good words. <laughs> but... Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's very as Nissa has alluded to. It's very very much worth noting that the whole teacher who's a sexual predator trying to prey on their students thing is not at all just a fictional construct. Nope, nope. Uh, I mean, I don't know about you, but when I was younger, there were definitely incidents and stories that were happening. You know, they, that that I. I didn't witness, but learned about later. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I, um, I saw this in action in college. Uh, yeah. Which, I mean, is, is obviously, you know, college is a very slightly different environment. <laughs> um, very slightly different. <laughs> but uh, but I definitely did see it. I definitely did see it happen in college. I heard plenty of stories in, in you know, high school. I almost wrote in here that, you know, you probably wouldn't have to ask too many women before you would get stories about how they got hit on by a teacher at mm. an extremely inappropriate age. Um, I didn't necessarily want to make that assertion, but, but I feel like it's probably not right. wrong. Yeah. I think, um, as I said before, it is a pretty common thing. Like Exactly why this is a very small part of the plot and not a big part of the plot, not a focus. Um, and y- you know, I th- I think it's worth noting that that <laughs> the high incidence of these situations <laughs> is a reason why women often don't feel welcome in the sciences specifically and ac- an academic setting in general. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's really disturbing. I mean, personally, I haven't experienced, I haven't experienced something like that, but I have experienced, um, really inappropriate power dynamics being taken advantage of in an academic setting. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and, and it's just, it's really unsettling. <laughs> like yeah. you just don't feel safe after that. Um so so it is um it is definitely <laughs> worth mentioning. Um I am glad that that Helen took care of the situation so quickly. Yeah, yeah, I think uh her reaction is both appropriate and pretty funny. <laughs> um and I think maybe Maybe my favorite little understated, uh, my favorite understated joke in this entire episode is Daria already getting up and getting the phone. Oh yeah, <laughs> and Daria is listening. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Um, so she's like standing there holding the phone as Helen's yelling at her to get the phone. It's just very good. Um, I'll make one one last note that is maybe not necessarily entirely worth making, but it, it is you know it is something to point out that like that predation of school age children uh, by their teachers is not an exclusively you know male yes. predator female victim yes. thing thank you thank you for mentioning that that is something that I wanted to mention as well <laughs> yeah it, it's you you hear um, and yeah, there's there is of course the so there's the layer on top of that of how the media coverage of that kind of thing tends to mm-hmm. go much more differently and it, it's i don't know it's weird i keep thinking to that uh, that snl sketch um where i forget i forget exactly what the who the names were involved but i know like pete davidson was playing a he was playing a high schooler who got predated upon by uh his you know young and attractive teacher um and the whole thing was about how like all of a sudden he was this celebrity in school and everyone's giving him high fives and shit and everything. And it's, you know, it, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was, it was actually, it was a very well done SNL sketch, but it's also underscoring like an enormously disturbing aspect of this entire, of this entire dynamic that it's, you know, it would take us forever to unpack. Um, 
and probably does not fall within the scope of a Daria podcast. No, no. Especially, you know, since it's such a tiny part of the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is one of those things where like in an earlier in an earlier episode of Morgan Dorks that would probably turn into like a five page <laughs> five page cultural context. Uh, not today. Uh, <laughs> in Ms. Stoller's class things are considerably more chill than they were with Mr. DiMartino. In fact, Miss Stoller's sleeping. Um, the intercom buzzes to life and a furious Miss Lee demands that Daria come to the principal's office. It appears Ms. Lee, who is pissed at Daria for Helen's actions, which we will get to, believe you me, wants Daria to take over for Mr. Edwards' literature class. The devil on Daria's one shoulder and the angel on her other shoulder get into an argument about it, with the angel being pro-collective bargaining and the power of unions, and the devil being about getting out of gym class, making Quinn's life miserable. On that last point, the angel and devil find some common ground, and the result is Daria is your new Mr. O'Neill. Cue Quinn's wide-eyed face as we hit the end of Act 1 and go into our first commercial. I just want to point out a pretty great line in here where uh, Ms. Lee, who again, we will get to in a second, angrily tells Daria, we wouldn't be in this fix if it weren't for your mother, and Daria's response is, yeah, hire one pedophile, and she gets all bent out of shape. Yeah. <laughs> it still, it just blows my mind. <laughs> Ms. Yeah. Lee is totally okay with this. <laughs> what, like, what fucking leg does she think she has to stand on in being pissed at Daria here? Yeah, I don't know. But, I mean, really, all she's concerned about is lawsuits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, hiring Daria. Mm. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, that's one of those things where the 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 plot asks that you don't look too hard into it. <laughs> yeah, I, I might try though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, don't don't come here if you're not looking for that. But um, but I think you pointed out that like even substitute teachers have quite a few hoops to jump through. You know? It's, yeah, I mean, I I did substitute teaching, and it is you know, a lot of paperwork, you know, you have to have um, a certain number of credits completed, um, you know, gotta be put in their phone system or whatever. <laughs> and you need to take a drug test. Daria didn't even get a drug test. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> not that we know, not that we assume she needs one, but it's just the principle of the thing. <laughs> <Good> really? <Lord. laughs> uh, um. So for those not up on strikes and how they work, uh, the angel on Daria's shoulder bristles at the job because the idea of a strike is that workers walk off the job and make it impossible for management to operate without coming to the negotiating table and hammering out a deal that the workers and management can agree to. Um, frequently, management will instead just bring in replacement workers, known as scabs, to keep things up and running in the face of the strike. Basically, being a scab is seen as spitting in the face of unionized workers. What a name for it, huh? Yeah, it's yeah. so good. It's got so it's such good, a, so gross. Yeah, and it's such a great like working man's insult, right? Like, <laughs> like you could totally picture someone just ah that fucking scab. Yeah, <laughs> it just works. Um, according to a mental flaws article by Matt Sonyak, which we'll link in the show notes, uh, in her book Household Words, Stephanie Smith discusses why the word scab came to mean someone who crosses the picket lines. Um, Quote, from blemish to strikebreaker, the history of the word scab shows a displacement of meaning from the visceral or physical to the moral register. Just as a scab is a physical lesion, the strike-breaking scab disfigures the social body of labor, both the solidarity of workers and the dignity of work. The social body of labor. Yeah. I love it. Oh, man. I was, it's, it's taking everything I can to not just go straight into like hard pro-union speech for, for a lot of this episode. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I'm really surprised that Daria says yes to this teaching gig. I mean, like, I have to look into this. Like, I have to look deeper at this, right? Like, sure. <laughs> the reason that she takes it on seems rather flimsy. Mm -hmm. um, get out of gym class, making Quinn's life miserable. Although, you know, like, she has done things before just to make Quinn's life miserable. So at least, you know, she's standing on those legs or whatever. <laughs> and 
at her age, I would be pretty psyched about getting out of gym class too. But <laughs> that's just good sense. Yeah, really. Um, but you know, she has been so inflexibly moral in the past <laughs> that that this feels rather uncharacteristic of her. Of course, you know, she has eased up on that inflexibility. Sure. You know, in in these past seasons, but still, like this, this just seems wrong. Yeah, this is this is the same Daria that once set off a socialist riot. Uh, if we remember mm-hmm. back to Cafe Disaffecto, and yeah. here she is spitting in the face of the worker. <laughs> That's um, really weird. Yeah, yeah. I I think it's a. It is a bit of a contrivance. You know, it's one of those things that has to happen for the plot to, for the writers to do what they want in this episode. That has to happen, but it is definitely out of character. Mm-hmm. Um, although I will say it, if you want to, if you want to say that the real like emotional centerpiece of this episode is Daria and Quinn's relationship, um, I think the idea of Daria taking this gig to make Quinn miserable uh, and then having Quinn and Daria end up where they end up is a nice little arc. I appreciate that. But yeah, but yeah. that's a fair point. That is a fair point. Yeah. I'm but also, still not completely convinced, <laughs> but. <laughs> uh, all righty. At the Morgendorfer breakfast table, Quinn is lamenting this new development. So wait a minute. Oh. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Did we did we end up talking about Ms. Lee though? <laughs> we did. I mean, we did. We did a little bit. We could, I mean, okay. we could talk more about Ms. Lee <laughs> because, because holy shit. Yeah, I mean, like, I know, I I know you already said like, who does she think she is? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I I mean, I think that it's worth mentioning that that her sense of of what is right is pretty warped, right? And and that we have in the past seen quite a few <laughs> that's true Qu- quite a few problems with miss lee like you know in her her sense of what is right like she's she's brought in a modeling competition she's forced the football team to buy a shit ton of soda in return for passing grades yeah mm-hmm. um yeah. and you know i i don't know i i think this is a new low of course <laughs> <laughs> but you know when you've dug six feet, <laughs> that's another view, right? Jesus. <laughs> oh God! All right, I'm glad we did. I'm glad we didn't skip that. I'm glad. We, I'm glad we got that in. <laughs> Sorry about that. I didn't mean to cut you off there. I didn't. No, that's no, okay. No we were skipping around, uh, so you know, I was like, "Wait a minute, I see more." <laughs> <laughs> I have more shit to talk. <laughs> It's totally justified, though. Jesus I Christ! Totally, I love her character. It's just, it's just so fun to talk trash on her. <laughs> yeah, she's she's a heel. Yes. <laughs> this, this is kayfabe. Um, at, oh my god! So if okay, so if you if you're not a member of our Patreon, you missed me very enthusiastically talking for five minutes about the nature of professional wrestling and fiction. Maybe more than five minutes. I'm yeah, it, was, sure. it probably took a little bit, but but that's that's why we've had a few references to it already. Um, anyway, <laughs> at the Morgendorfer breakfast table, Quinn is lamenting this new development, but Helen and Jake are both seeing things in a considerably more positive light. Uh, Daria, meanwhile, is absolutely loving it. Uh, outside Lawndale High, the mood is kind of dire. Um, Mr. O'Neill is in the middle of trying to compose a protest song when Trent, of all people, rolls up. Uh, turns out he was on his way to pick up Jane and Daria. Mr. O'Neill recognizes him immediately and in a bout of surprisingly astute recruiting, realizes Trent may be just the mind they need to put together a solid protest song. Jane and Daria watch on in amazement and Jane insists that that would never be her, right up until our favorite art teacher, Ms. Defoe, rolls up and asks her to help them design some good protest signs. Meanwhile... Trent and Mr. O'Neill are off to a start. Uh, we'll go ahead and play that clip. Your salary offends me. Your health plan doesn't mend me. You know, if you're not going to take this seriously, we can just stop right now. 
fantastic. I love their dynamic in this yes. episode. Oh, it's so good. I, just in general, I don't think we've really dealt with Trent and Mr. O'Neill a whole no. lot. No, they're amazing together. Yeah. Um, one of the actually one of the first interactions they have is Mr. O'Neill runs up and goes, Trent, do you remember how you and your friends used to write down, down with the man on my car with soap? <laughs> and Trent's response is just, just let it go, man. I mean, bygones, right? <laughs> I like that that he actually calls him man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, that's pretty good. Um, so look, we talk a lot. Uh, in fact, we talked just last episode uh, about how much Mr. O'Neill kind of sucks, uh, mm. is oblivious, mm-hmm. um, any number of things. But props to him for not only recognizing his former student immediately, uh, but also recognizing he could make said student useful by appealing to his anti-establishment sentiments. Yes, absolutely. Mr. O'Neill blunders through life, but he tries so hard. He really does. <laughs> and it shows here. He really does not pay, uh, or I'm sorry, he really does pay attention to his students. So yeah. I think he deserves that dang raise. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it, it, when we when we slam Mr. O'Neill, <laughs> it's... It's not the same way I would slam a Ms. Lee or a Sandy. No, it's he's not more a malicious a, like, guy. It's more in a bless his heart kind of way. It is. That is exactly it. It is very much a uh, you know he's trying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, the the, the uh, bull in a china shop analogy. Yeah. comes to mind. <laughs> Definitely. I also. I will give props to this episode uh, and this episode's writer for figuring out how to wrap Daria and Jane up in a plot line revolving around labor disputes and collective bargaining agreements. Yeah, yeah. It it does a pretty good job of not making them, you know, B-plot here. Yeah. And, but I'm not going to lie. As soon as Daria and Jane rolled up in the scene, all I could think about was how tights under shorts used to be a thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, why have I not contemplated this before? Jane's been wearing the same outfit the entire Yeah, that show. hasn't changed, like, at all. <laughs> but for some reason, I was like, oh, yeah, that used to be a thing. <laughs> I mean, hey, so, you know, you, so you want to be, be cool, but not too cool. Uh-huh. I guess. Still want to cover those legs, I guess. Hey, what are you, hey. <laughs> I think I tried it. But generally, stockings are just, you know. Just easier. Well, no, stockings are just uncomfortable. Oh, okay. (laughs) Also, shorts are uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) I suppose if you have the option of a dress or or a skirt, life is just, you know. Just take it. You have comfier options. Didn't we talk about this in the last episode? We totally did, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm still on it, damn it. Yeah, skirts Um, are so much better. And honestly, I really didn't figure that out until way too late. (laughs) (laughs) So many years wasted. In Ms. Stoller's class, things are moving at a snail's pace. Uh, Jane gets excused from being tardy because she has a note from the newest teacher in Lawndale High, who just happens to be her best friend. Uh, Meanwhile, over in Daria's class, she's trying to get this group of hapless dullards to remember the name of the play they were assigned. She manages to eventually narrow it down. Wait, I remember now. He's a stalker. He follows girls home from parties and peeks in their windows. Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> yes. <I'm> a- <laughs> it's fair. Uh, uh-huh. Out in the hallway, Southern Hospitality by Ludacris plays. As it appears, the secret's out that Daria is now capable of writing hall passes. Outside at the protest, economics teacher Ms. Bennett rolls up with news that Ms. Lee has acquiesced to the tune of a 0.08% pay increase and free non-dairy creamer, which the beaten down teachers of Londo High are almost ready to accept right up until Mr. DiMartino points out that everybody signed a goddamn contract and she's going to stick to the goddamn contract and that's all there goddamn is to it, goddamn it. I bet that it was Trent and Mr. O'Neill's song that got Mr. Martino all fired up. <laughs> when the birdies say cheap, they're talking about you. I love it. 
We okay, so we have. I mean, look, earlier this season, we mocked, we've mocked Trent's like artistic airs, you know, but but sometimes, sometimes their lyrics for sometimes the Mystic Spirals lyrics are are pretty goddamn on point. Yes, he he is an artist for hire. Absolutely, yeah, <laughs> he's doing a good job. <laughs> also. The teachers are feeling defeated after like what a day, two. <laughs> yeah, it really hasn't been very long. No, and they no, are, it hasn't. Yeah, and they are just ready to fold. Like <laughs> just just a cardboard bathtub just kind of collapsing on itself. Over in Daria's class, which still feels weird to say, uh, she's slowly guiding the class through Romeo and Juliet in preparation for a test the following day. The rest of the fashion club catches Quinn actually taking notes, and it causes some friction a little later on in Sandy's room when Sandy basically threatens to tell the whole school Daria is Quinn's sister if Quinn doesn't do something to make sure the test is nice and easy. Daria's teaching style is exactly what I expected it to be. (laughs) Awesome answers to questions, but complete disregard for the individual. As evidenced by the fact that she refers to each of the three J's as Joey, Jeffy, or Jamie. <laughs> yes, which is to say she's, she puts to all three names person. out there yes. yeah, every single That's time. That's right, Joey, Jeffy, or Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't blink. They're yeah. just fine with it. They're like, yeah, okay. So this is this is probably about as explicit as the show has been about the rest of the fashion club, or at least Sandy, knowing that Quinn and Daria are sisters. We haven't actually explored the whole no, that's the maid, no, that's our exchange student, no, that's my cousin space a whole lot recently. Uh, We did get to see the origins of it in Camp Fear, uh, and it's interesting for it to be thrust into the spotlight here. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Mm. We'll see how that unfolds. Yeah, yeah. There's no way that's going to come up again later. Uh, uh, Also, it's interesting that Quinn's studying now, right? Is it? I mean- like maybe she always does, or I don't. I mean, I guess we just haven't really focused on it a whole lot. Like we we know that she is smarter than she puts herself out there as. We know mm-hmm. that she doesn't surround herself with people as intelligent as she is. But we also know that her grades aren't necessarily the greatest, right? But now she has big sister keeping her accountable. So, yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the Morgendorfer house that night, Daria and Tom are figuring out test questions when Quinn walks in to check and see the test is going to be easy because, you know, otherwise there could be consequences for some otherwise completely innocent and extremely popular individuals who may or may not have just walked into the room. Daria points out that all she's done is try to make the class interesting and focus on the play. And if Quinn's friends are too stupid to do the bare minimum, then maybe they deserve to fail. She also points out that Quinn shouldn't be trying so hard to protect stupid people, seeing as how she isn't one of them. Quinn, at a loss for a response, storms out. I'm blown away by the fact that Daria is the one that's making up the test here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I understand that the teachers are on strike and not likely to leave lesson plans or tests for the scab substitute. <laughs> but, <laughs> oh, wow. First of all, it's amazing that she's trying to teach them anything. But right. Also, if this were now, lesson plans and tests would most likely be prepared well in advance, submitted for approval, and filed with the admin office. (laughs) So, (laughs) like, she wouldn't really have to do anything. Well, uh, this is one of of those episodes of television where you know the industry more more than the writers do. (laughs) Yeah. Well, no, I mean, this is the, this is a thing that, I mean, I obviously, like, my knowledge of secondary education is limited because I've only had, like, substitute teaching experience there or, like, you know, I, I would go into high schools to teach, like, writing workshops. Um, but But I do know from teacher friends that at least now, as a result of no child left behind, <laughs> and, um, you know, among other things, um, you know, there is, there is like a, a pretty high expectation to have things planned out very far in advance. 
to the point where people complain like it's just not practical because it's not flexible to the students' needs, you know? Right. Yeah. Uh, it's a problem. Also, you know, would make it much easier on the school if the teachers did go on strike. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. Hmm. <laughs> we get big sister Daria here again, uh, and she is great as always. Um, she's refusing to make life a little bit easier for Quinn, obviously, but it's not for the sake of making her miserable. Like, Daria knows that Quinn is capable of crushing this test because she's smarter than the crowd she surrounded herself with. And, you know, we've we've talked about it before. We saw it firsthand in Is It Fall Yet? Quinn knows that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, she knows she's smarter than than she's putting herself out there as. She knows she's smarter than the rest of the fashion club. And, and Daria is just, you know, putting the truth out there. Yeah. It's a great line. Like, why are you defending them when you're not one of them? Right. So good. Yeah. Uh, out in the living room, Quinn's stressing about having to study for the test and Jake offers to help, which he does in a way because he rattles off a bunch of misremembered details and Quinn's able to correct him on everything. She realizes she actually knows this stuff front to back and, duly confident, she leaves Jake to his model train. Yep, Jake's doing model train stuff this episode. I don't know, man. He's in his own series. Uh, <laughs> he whistles happily to himself as we come to the end of Act 2. Waiting to Reach You by Travis plays us out into our second commercial break. I'm really impressed that Jake manages to set up his model train stuff in the living room. I feel like <laughs> most model train dads usually get banished to the basement. Model train dads is the name of my new band. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you I play at the you- local bar on Thursday nights? <laughs> you know it. You know it. We play at the local bar on Thursday nights and we suck. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'd i be willing to bet that this is something that Helen just hasn't seen yet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is, yeah. Jake, what are you doing out here? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, also, I know you hate Jake like 98% of the time. Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've been hating on Jake a lot. Um, uh, okay, yeah, that's fair. But we have to give him credit here for trying to be a good dad. Absolutely. Um, he's he's trying. And yes. even though the study session didn't play out as he had intended, it was still very useful for Quinn. Absolutely. More than happy to to give Jake props here. He he tried. He was being he was being as helpful as he could be and it worked out. Like, yeah. you know, not the way he necessarily wanted it to, but whatever. It helped and that's what matters. His, look, his heart's in the right place. I, I don't think I've ever disputed that. <laughs> yeah. That, um, okay. I'll give you that. Yeah. It's it's more how Jake's used than anything else, I guess, is the is the issue that I have with him over and over again. But I will say, I feel like I haven't been hating on him as much since that one spree of a, a season or so ago. <laughs> you said it's how he's being used and all I could think is subjects, not objects. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, so this scene folds into what we were just talking about. Um, and in fact, what we've been talking about for almost three years at this point, like Quinn is much smarter than she puts herself out there as we know she's aware of it, but to, to see it in action and to watch the light bulb go off in her head is a really great little moment. Like I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, very sweet. Also, I mean, Romeo and Juliet is is a show about a bunch of gossip. So it's <laughs> a very good point. I yeah. think that she would pick up on it pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> so act three opens with Mr. DiMartino and Ms. Lee scream negotiating at one another to total immortal by AFI. And it is getting pretty gnarly. Uh, Mr. DiMartino is threatening to protest naked, which one, I'm not sure that's the move for a school that just had to sack a teacher for making sexual advances on a student. And, too. Also not sure anybody joins him in that mission, and then he's just a naked dude out for a walk. <laughs> anyway, we cut briefly to Miss Stoller's class where she's handing out a history test with barn burner questions like name the colors on the American flag. We then go to Daria's class where she's handing out the test she put together, and cleverly, it's just one essay question. What is Romeo and Juliet about? The students are reeling, but Quinn's already looking pretty confident and jotting her answer down. 
If you haven't had the chance to see the video to Total Immortal for a while, you should check it out. <laughs> it is a shot of 90s goth punk, like straight to the veins. It's so cute, them posing in the graveyard. <laughs> I lost it. I lost it's it, lost it, lost adorable. it. adorable. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the shiny, the shiny, like, ple- what is it? Um, like pleather almost pleather, like it's maybe? i guess no and no it's like or a vinyl pla- or something vinyl. yeah it's like, like that pvc plastic. or whatever oh his his entire outfit is made of the stuff it's amazing um <laughs> i was actually um I, I i went to watch that and then i switched back to the the browser to watch daria again <laughs> and and somehow the music video started playing again, and I'm like, "What's going on?" <laughs> <laughs> it was a moment. <laughs> uh, but Mr. DiMartino uh, threatening to picket naked is fantastic. His line: "This is a goodwill poly- This is goodwill polyester that I've been sweating in all night." <laughs> so good. That's very good. I like that Daria went and made this test easy in her own way while still giving a motivated student plenty of space to really like explore the play and develop a deeper understanding of it. That said, she also gave herself way more work this way. Oh, God. Yeah. Essay tests are the worst. (laughs) (laughs) Grading essays is the worst, which is probably why I'm not a teacher anymore. But I I can say from experience that it is rarely the space that students will write something original and playful and thoughtful. That is like a test essay, I mean. Um, Mm -hmm. It's usually regurgitated information. There is that rare occasion when someone shows that they've connected the dots independently, and that's really satisfying. But it's really rare. Yeah. I think um so I'll I'll go ahead and guess what what the majority of responses you would get for this question would be and you tell Ooh, me if I'm yes. if I'm on board. Um I think most of the responses you would get from this question would just be people reciting the plot. Yeah. <laughs> because oh, that's absolutely. what Romeo and Juliet's about. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, poor Daria. Yeah. But also she did it to her, she did it to herself. So well, it's a really good way to tell who hasn't actually read it. <laughs> yeah, so that's a great point. And, mm-hmm. and boy, will that come in handy in just a second. <laughs> um, outside Lawndale High, Trent and Mr. O'Neill have finally finished their protest song. And I got to say, it's actually a bit of a banger. Mm-hmm. Huh? You call this compensation? You keep your long vacation. You're forcing us to salary arbitration. Mama said strike you out. Yeah. 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 My work here is done. <laughs> Mama says strike you out. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, that said, I think Trent really only knows one chord progression. <laughs> but whatever, Fair. it works. He makes it work. Uh, anyway, uh, they're about to ask Mr. DiMartino what he thinks when they realize he's been negotiating with Ms. Lee for hours. Mr. O'Neill and the other teachers burst into the office to the tune of Fever or a Flame by a guy called Gerald. The office is a disaster area, and Ms. Lee and Mr. DiMartino are clearly scarred from the experience. But Ms. Lee signed the contract. The rare victory for Mr. DiMartino. And we don't find that out until we all... Until we discover that Ms. Lee is also having some sexy time dreams when they bust into the office. Sure. Why not? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's really awkward. Yeah. Well, hey, yeah. you know what? Good for you, Ms. Lee. Get, just <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you got to do. Over in Ms. Stoller's class, things really start making way more sense as Ms. Stoller praises this group of the smartest and biggest first graders she's ever taught. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, they all did pretty well on their tests, with the exception of Kevin and Brittany. Surprise. Over in Daria's class, she's handing out tests, and most of the students seem pretty pleased with their scores. Sandy's not wild about her D-minus, though, and rips Quinn's test out of her hands to see what she got. 
What follows is a pretty great scene that I'd basically just be repeating word for word anyway, so I'm going to go ahead and play the clip. Uh, it's a long one, but, you know, whatever. Hey, G-Queen, what a surprise you got a B plus. I guess having a certain relationship with a certain teacher really paid off. Um, Sandy, I thought she was fairly easy on the grading as long as you tried to think for yourself. Oh, really? I guess everything's relative. Sandy, ever since they asked this girl to take over the class from that creepy guy who wanted to fertilize Tiffany, seems to me all she tried to do was make the best of a bad situation. Maybe we should cut her some slack. See? There she goes taking sides again. You two are so nice to each other. You're almost like sisters. I'm not taking anyone's side, Sandy. I'm just saying that sometimes people get put in awkward positions. Like a girl who has to wear huge braces in fifth grade. And years later, her brothers find pictures of her with them and give those pictures to a friend who hasn't shown them to anyone out of the goodness of her heart. Yet. Oh. Besides, why shouldn't I act sisterly towards her? After all, she's my sister. <gasps> Did you hear that? Oh my gosh. Sandy. <laughs> Andy tries to play up the surprise of Quinn and Daria being sisters. Then Tiffany and Stacy reveal that, of course, they've always known about it. They're just, they've just been being polite. Uh, and just like that, the running joke is over. Quinn's happy, Daria watches on with a smile, and Ms. Lee announces over the intercom that the strike's over, and the teachers will return tomorrow. R.I.P. Uh, running joke. Yeah. Um, so we'll get to that in, in just a second, because there's quite a bit to say about that. I do want to make... I, it feels weird to criticize the episode a little bit for this, but did they make Kevin and Brittany a little too stupid? <laughs> like... Obviously, it's been a running joke as old as the show itself, but this feels almost a little bit over the top. Well, the fact that he said the flag, the American flag is yellow. Yes. His answer to what were the what are the colors on the American flag? His answer was yellow. And the flag is standing in front of the classroom. So maybe maybe a little too over the top but it didn't bother me um i really just wanted more of jody and mac competing over star stickers yes yes what was it uh mac got a silver star and and jody got, jody a, gold got a gold star, star. yeah yeah <laughs> uh so daria's rebuttal of sandy implies that sandy based her studies on the 1996 boz lerman movie romeo plus juliet Starring Leonardo DiCaprio and Claire Danes, it's actually a pretty awesome movie. It keeps the original, so good. yeah, it keeps the original Shakespearean dialogue, but sets everything in like present day, which is to say, nineteen ninety six America. Yeah, um, particularly in like, um, uh, is it like Florida or it's like Miami Beach kind of? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so like very. Very hot. <laughs> um, it's during a heat wave, you know, as with the play. Um, I loved that movie when I was younger. I haven't watched it in a really long time. Um, but I always think of that when I, I always think of that movie when I think of like how Shakespeare can be adapted in a, to modern day in a really interesting way. Right. Um, also, Leonardo DiCaprio, you know, I was just yeah, you know, well, that's that's just good sense because, <laughs> in, the, in the mid nineties. Oh yeah, because who wasn't? Um, and also, uh, Harold Perrineau as Mercutio, awesome. <laughs> oh, which reminds me, I was pretty disappointed by Daria's comment. Uh, to one of the three J's that his argument that Mercutio has a thing for Romeo and that he should be kept out of the locker room was original, if not a little closed minded. Yeah. Uh, I, I definitely winced there. Yes. I, why could we not just have cut the locker room line? Come on. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I you think know. you know the the joke kind of skirts it just a little bit by by immediately referring to it as closed minded. You know, yeah, um, I know, but it's it's still, still not good. It's it's no. not it's not great, and that's definitely one of those things that you know you would almost certainly not see if the show were being made again today. 
but you know, we're also, this is, so this is 2000, you know, and, and you look back at, at comedies of the time you had a lot of, of, you had a lot of gay panic jokes, um, yeah. back then. And, and, and yeah, we, we didn't. Well, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Sorry. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. I was, the reason that I brought it up that I thought of it was because, um, Mercutio in, Romeo plus Juliet um, was dressed in women's clothing for the party and um, and and playing off of those um, of the gay panic, right? Right. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> maybe one of the three J's watched the movie as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we we got to talk about it a little bit. Can we take? all of the moments to, to reflect in wonderment at just how thoroughly Quinn fucking demolishes Sandy oh, here. Yes. It's just brutal and it's smart and it's such a long, like it's a minute of just her straight burying this lady. And, and it's just everything we've wanted to see from her for such a long time, especially throwing it back in Sandy's face. It's so good. Uh, and, and on top of that, not only, does the scene put an end to the whole that's my cousin running joke? It also boosts the characters of Tiffany and Stacy by pointing out that one, no, of course they weren't dumb enough to fall for it. And, <laughs> and two, they were rolling with it out of kindness and respect for their friend. It was it's just such smooth writing all around. Like yeah. it's such a great way to patch over, you know, what is really kind of a bittersweet thing. <laughs> because you know the end this running joke has gone the entire length of the series right um, so the death of of the joke is kind of you know the sign that this is the last season <laughs> yeah totally it's one of those like oh boy oh no <laughs> yeah yeah here it is i also um love the fact that stacy didn't realize that everyone else knew Yes. You know, it's just really humiliating for her. She's so <laughs> wrapped up in her spite that she has lost touch with reality. <laughs> yeah. It's I love <laughs> I love that you said it's just really humiliating for her. You said it in such a happy way. <laughs> I am pretty happy about it. Yeah, it's fair. It's fair. It's really satisfying to watch. <laughs> Uh, all righty. Let's wrap this thing up. Uh, later that night, Daria is in her room watching television when Quinn rolls in, wanting to know if the only reason she got a decent grade was because of her proximity to Daria. <laughs> proximity. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know how else to put it. Uh, Daria responds by pointing out that that would mean being nice to her sister, and she can never live with herself under such circumstances. Quinn points out that social status won't let her be nice to Daria either. So yeah, take that. They go back and forth with one another because that's their station, but this is maybe the most sisterly scene we've ever gotten from them, and they both appear to know it. Uh, for once, there is peace between the Morgendorfer girls. Uh, at school the next morning, Mr. DiMartino's back in class to the tune of Crazy for This Girl by Evan and Jaren. He's energized, he's thrilled, he's ready to try and teach Kevin. Or not. Let's be real. Nobody's ready to teach Kevin. <laughs> he gets one question in and Kevin's answer is so mind-blowingly stupid. Mr. DiMartino retires back to his desk to have a good sob. And that's where we end the episode <laughs> with Under Easy by the Posey is taking us through the credits. Uh, I love this scene between Quinn and Daria. Um, it's just great. From, from Daria just reaffirming what she's told Quinn all along to the playful banter of these two that are even if it even if it doesn't last for the rest of the season, right now they're getting along like sisters, and it's really nice to see. Yeah, I think my favorite part is when Daria ends the conversation by calling Quinn sis. Yeah, it just gave me the warm fuzzies. Yeah, totally. Also, look, it was fun watching Mister DiMartino's victory earlier, but with it came the overwhelming sense of foreboding that this was going to go wrong somehow. Uh, and there you have it. The downside of negotiating a better teaching contract is you've got to go right back to teaching. Womp womp. <laughs> Overall, a pretty fun episode. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it had a lot of quotable moments. It very much did. And there's some there's some pretty clever writing in here. Um, well, I think we're getting, I don't know, maybe I, I accidentally 
pulled us a little bit ahead of ourselves. Do we want to <laughs> get into our episode rankings? Maybe we should. All right. Okay. So, uh, I mean, as we were very literally just saying, um, lots of quotable moments and and there's some pretty clever stuff going on in here. Like I, I mentioned earlier, the ability to sort of wrap Daria and Jane up into this plot that is about a labor dispute between the teachers and the principal. Um, you know, it seems like one of the very last things that you would actually uh, be able to suck Daria and Jane up into, and and it's done pretty effortless, effortlessly, all things considered. And then, yeah, I still have trouble suspending my disbelief. <laughs> that's that is fair. That is fair. the The way to the way they finally do like crowbar Daria in there is a little bit. It's a little bit. Uh, uh, what's the word? I actually I used the word earlier, and I don't remember what it is now. Um, it's a hell of a conceit. Yeah. <laughs> As conceits go, though, there's there is some. I don't know. There's it's not necessarily elegant, but I appreciate the way it worked. You know, and then not only to do that, but also then to to swing that new role for Daria around and have it reflect on Daria's relationship with Quinn, uh, and have that lead to a, a bit of a turning point for them. Uh, not a bit of a turning point, a major turning point, because again, mm-hmm. that's that's the end of a running joke that's gone for five seasons now. You know, there's there's a lot to appreciate in there. It does hang on some stuff that you've got to, you know, let's say if you have former teaching experience, um, <laughs> you need to. <laughs> there's some stuff you would need to whistle past to to be fully okay with it. And well, yeah, but I I think you know some of my my points are, come from teaching experience at a later time as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, so. You know, the the point about lesson plans being, you know, non-existent, <laughs> maybe that's the way it was. I don't know. At this particular school, you know, <laughs> right. at that particular time. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I think that aside from there being this, um, aside from Daria being forced into this situation in a kind of clumsy way. <laughs> yes. We we were distracted by the shiny bits of pedophilia. <laughs> so that is a sentence. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. So, so we we were distracted, you know, from you know <laughs> the problem with the plot, <laughs> the shaky foundation. But you know, still really fun stuff. Yeah, yeah, uh, and <laughs> I can't believe like the sentences that come out of my mouth. As fantastic i love it so much i'm going to make a clip of it and post it to social media um <laughs> oh god <laughs> I, no i'm not i'm not i'm not i'm not i i have nowhere near that kind of work ethic um so, <laughs> so i guess then the the question is like where do because we do have we have a lot of great moments in here they rest on a somewhat questionable foundation right like mm-hmm. We, it's it's this matter of boy i really like what i really like what happened with the i really like the character moments in here i don't necessarily love how we got there um like i appreciate the you know i appreciate the weaving of it but also yeah there are some issues with like daria would probably not shit on a labor dispute <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's kind of a big yeah, that's kind of central to the entire episode working, <laughs> because if she just says no in Ms. Lee's office, that's your credits. <laughs> I mean, like, Ms. Lee doesn't even really have to threaten her. No, not particularly. Or bribe her, you know? Right. So then I, I guess the question is, then, how much do you dock what is otherwise a, a pretty solid episode that actually has, like, maybe one of the more important character moments in the entire series so far? 
uh, between Daria and Quinn. I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I look, I'm looking right now at, and you can tell me if the, if this is, you know, if this is nowhere near where you think it belongs, but I'm looking right now around like speed trapped and is it fall yet? Yeah. Okay. Around like um, 16, 17. You know, that's funny because that puts it right near Legends of the Mall, which is- That, that know, is another what? Peter Elwell, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, I think that, ooh, Speed Trapped or Is It Fall Yet? <laughs> so I'm, wow. I'm looking, in thinking of that, I'm, I'm looking at, or I'm trying to look for connective tissue between the episodes, right? And I think with Is It Fall Yet, we had- uh, we had Quinn, you know, reaching above, reaching above what, or reaching for what she knows she's capable of, um, you know, and, and trying to really apply herself and not being afraid of, of how that makes her look to her friends, uh, and just being generally a more honest Quinn, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I, I look at that and I look at speed trapped where you have an episode uh, that also re- rests on kind of a shaky foundation, which is to say, Daria and Quinn drive like a couple miles out of town, and then all of a sudden yes. they're <laughs> they're in the middle of fucking right, <laughs> a um, off maybe right. Uh, but they end up having some really great, you know, sisterly moments out of that. They, they they do come a little bit closer together for that episode, and you know, those are the big like those are the emotional cudgels that I'm kind of like you know, that my mind is going to when I'm, mm-hmm. when I'm trying to link these episodes together. So that's just to, to explain where, where my thinking is when I'm saying around, you know, 16, yeah. 17. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Um, I guess I think that, I think that we could call this higher than speed trapped. Like I think I, I loved Speed Trap. I thought it was very entertaining. Yes. Um, but I think because this is, I it just like it hits at the core of their relationship of of, of Quinn and Daria's relationship, um, and and it also hits several notes that you know we have found important throughout this show um you know right. the you know quinn being smarter than she lets on the teachers <laughs> being really poorly paid <laughs> <laughs> um you know um so i think it could be higher than speed trapped what about is it fall yet do you i mean do you think it's better than Is It Folia? I mean, Is It Is It Folia is like a very, you know, it was a major endeavor. <laughs> yeah, it's so tough to it's so tough to compare any one specific episode directly against Is It Folia. I know. Like for Sappy Anniversary, it just came down to we can't put this above Misery Chick. <laughs> so, right. So it ended up right above Is It Folia. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. You know, if if I'm forced to compare the two directly, I look at everything that Is It Fall Yet did with its hour and, and 10 hour and 20 minute running time. I look at a pretty significant like lack of fluff in that episode. I look at all of the different character moments for all of the different characters, including, you know, again, a really big character moment for Quinn. Um and a pretty big character moment for Daria and and Jane and the friendship yeah. of Daria and Jane and Daria. There's a lot and Tom. going on there. Yeah, there's so Man. much going on in there. And it's, you know, it's maybe not fair to compare. Yeah. But also, you know, if you want to just look at straight up like, hey, were there any major gaping issues with character behavior in Is It Folia? <laughs> I don't think I don't think there were. Uh, yeah, I, that's I true. Think maybe I think maybe there was one in uh in this episode. Yeah. And you yeah. know, and it's kind of central to the plot. Okay. So would you feel comfortable you know, putting this in between Is It Folia and Speed Trapped? I think I would, yeah. Okay. All right. All right. I'm gonna go ahead and do that. Cool. Two. So we have coming in at number 17, that is Lucky Strike. 
Season five, episode six. Boom. I love it when and I love it when a writer's work gets ranked higher than the last one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's nice. There is improvement there. Yeah. You're you're rooting for him, you know? In our in in our professional in eyes. Our, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These completely arbitrary bullshit rankings that we've spent so much time on. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know what, what's, and I actually, I, I pointed this out to you over text message this past week, and I, I pointed it out on Twitter earlier this week. This is, so we have nine episodes of Morgendorks left after this. This is the 10th to last episode wow. of Morgendorks, or I guess ninth to last, whatever. The, the This is episode 10 in the 10 episode left in the countdown. countdown. <laughs> yeah, totally. So we have nine more episodes of Morgendorks after this. So it's 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 a, it's a, it's a milestone. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I mean, All you know, of this the, is crazy. Yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's. I mean, it's still going to be at least twenty weeks before <laughs> before uh, the you know this ver this iteration of the podcast uh, closes the door. And then we, yeah. I mean, we have to we have to figure out what Morgendorks looks like after that. I feel like we're going to be taking mm -hmm. a pretty we're going to take a break either way, I suspect. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to figure out what this, what this whole yeah. thing looks like after that. You know, you know, do we, do we just stop? Do we, you know, start looking at fan fiction stuff? Do we, <laughs> we, uh, I mean, look, there are some pretty, pretty fucking amazing roads we can go down if we want to start looking at fan fiction. But you know, whenever Jody comes out, like, do we, Right. back on you know mm -hmm. um, I don't know just a lot of stuff to think about but those are not problems for the Rob and Nissa of today no they are <laughs> so taking maybe it one day at a time that's what this oh, pandemic is telling <laughs> is teaching God, us yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right so I guess we should probably wrap it up yes we should And that does wrap it up for this episode of Morgandorks. Uh, check out our Patreon. You can sign up at patreon.com slash Morgandorks for a buck a month. You can support our silly little mission and listen to an unedited version of each podcast a few days before it airs. Uh, as always, please feel free to reach out to us at, on Twitter at Morgandorks. Email us at Morgandorks at gmail.com or check out our website, anchor.fm slash Morgandorks. Uh, we're also on Facebook at fb.me slash morgandorks.podcast, but it is way easier to just search for Morgandorks. Uh, special thanks, as always, to Outpost Daria Reborn. Link is in the show notes. And as always, thank you, Nissa. Hey, Rob. Thank you. Yay. And thank you, listeners. See you again in two weeks for Season 5, Episode 7, Art Burn, here on Morgandorks. <laughs> <laughs>